Welcome to the BT360 podcast, What's Up in Business Travel, a weekly podcast where we update you on what's up this week in the world of business travel. This podcast is great for those who need to know what's happening all in less than 15 minutes. My name is Ash. Let's get started. It is Monday, January 3rd of 2022, and we have completed week 52 of 2021. I would like to wish everyone a happy, happy new year. Here we are in 2022. It does have a nice ring to it. We all made it through 2021, and now we start a new year, which I hope is full of excitement and opportunity. With that, I'm excited to announce that this is the conclusion of Season 1 with Episode 52 of our weekly series of What's Up in Business Travel. Next week, we start with Season 2. I want to thank you all for being listeners, and I really appreciate you tuning in every week. Now, let's get to the headlines. Thousands of flights within the United States and internationally were delayed, and hundreds were canceled, adding to the tally of delays and cancellations during the holiday week due to adverse weather conditions and rising cases of the Omicron coronavirus variant. Over 4,000 flights were canceled globally, according to flight tracking website flightaware.com. The Christmas holidays are typically a peak time for air travel, but the rapid spread of the highly transmissible variant has led to a sharp increase in COVID-19 infections, forcing airlines to cancel flights as pilots and crew need to be quarantined. In the United States alone, data from the TSA shows over 7 million travelers passed through airport checkpoints between Friday and Sunday of the Christmas holiday weekend. However, many of the same travelers experience problems getting to their destinations or will have problems getting home. Citing data from FlightAware.com, CNN notes, around 4,000 flights were canceled on Sunday and Monday, December 27th and 28th. On Tuesday, December 28th, FlightAware reported over 1,200 cancellations on flights within the United States. Airlines say that the problem lies with available staff to ensure flights get to their destination safely. Numerous airline employees have called in sick due to COVID-19 Omicron infections, which have affected nearly all industry facing the public. According to John Hopkins University, over 52 million Americans, or 16% of the population, have contracted a confirmed case of the virus. Americans overseas whose passports expired during the COVID-19 pandemic will still be allowed to return to the U.S., according to the State Department. Customs and Border Protection Officers will accept U.S. passports that have expired on or after January 1, 2020 for return travel until March 31st. The State Department extended the exception for travels returning from overseas travel on expired passports. The move is set to lessen travel difficulties created by the global COVID-19 pandemic, according to the State Department. Travelers will still have to meet certain conditions they must fly directly to the U.S. or make only an airport connection in a foreign country. Expired passports cannot be used to travel from the U.S. to an international destination. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention has cut the amount of time it recommends people should isolate after testing positive for coronavirus, reducing the number of days from 10 to 5. Health officials reduce the amount of time a person should quarantine after coming into contact with someone who tests positive. The changes come amid a surge in cases spurred by the variant and concerns about staffing shortages at hospitals, airlines, and businesses across the country. Research has suggested that the variant, while more infectious, causes milder illness. CDC officials say that the new guidance is in keeping with growing evidence that people with the coronavirus are most infectious at the two days before and three days after symptoms develop. Airlines have begun adjusting scheduling policies based on the new isolation guidance for COVID-19, which may ease current flight disruptions but is already facing backlash from a union for flight attendants. While the new CDC guidance shortens the recommendation isolation time from 10 days to 5 days, 
The Association of Flight Attendants, CWA International President Sarah Nelson, is more skeptical about the change. She says, We said we wanted to hear from different medical professions on the guidance for quarantine, not from corporate America advocating for shortened period due to staffing shortages. The CDC gave a medical explanation about why the agency has decided to reduce the quarantine requirements from 10 to 5 days. But the fact is, is that it aligns with the number of days pushed by corporate America is less than assuring. With the variant triggering a new spike in U.S. COVID-19 cases, White House Chief Medical Advisor Anthony Fauci is once again expressing his support for a federal vaccine mandate for domestic commercial air travel. Speaking Monday on MSNBC's Morning Joe show, Fauci said such a mandate could lead to more people getting vaccinated. He likened requiring vaccination for domestic air travel to universities and companies requiring students and employees to be vaccinated. Now in news related to changes in travel due to the pandemic. France has put the United States on its COVID-19 travel red list, meaning unvaccinated people coming to the country will have to quarantine for 10 days. The rules will not change for fully vaccinated people coming into France from the United States, but they will still have to show proof of a negative test before boarding their flight. The move puts the United States, where new infections are topping 300,000 a day due to the variant, on the same list as countries like Russia, Afghanistan, and Serbia. France is also grappling with record levels of new infections, with 200,000 cases reported daily over the last four days. The CDC has changed the COVID-19 status for cruise ship travel from level 3 to level 4, which means it is recommending that people avoid cruising regardless of vaccination status. Even fully vaccinated travelers may be at risk for getting and spreading COVID-19 variants, the CDC said. The virus that causes COVID-19 spreads easily between people in close quarters aboard ships, and the chance of getting COVID-19 on cruise ships is very high, even if you're fully vaccinated or have received the COVID-19 vaccine booster dose. The CDC noted that outbreaks of COVID-19 have been reported on cruise ships. On December 30th, the CDC has designated 91 cruise ships as yellow in its color status tracker. Yellow means reported cases of COVID-19 have met the threshold for CDC investigation. CLIA called CDC's move perplexing. The organization said it was disappointed and disagreed with the decision to single out the cruise industry. If that's not confusing enough, after countless stops and starts for the cruise industry over the last 14 months, a definite light at the end of the tunnel appears to be at the horizon. The CDC on Wednesday told cruise lines, according to a report by both USA Today and Reuters, that they could start sailing again in July. According to the report, the CDC will allow cruise lines to resume passenger travel in July if they're fully compliant with the conditional sail order, also known as the CSO. The order will allow cruise lines to skip simulated test voyages if 98% of crew members and 95% of passengers are fully vaccinated. Nizuk Resort and Spa is the first resort in Cancun to implement a new policy for guests to provide a negative antigen or PCR COVID test 24 hours prior to departure to Cancun. Home tests are acceptable. The new regulation is a result of the rise of the variant cases around the world. All guests will need to provide a proof of negative test upon arrival. New figures from Sirium have revealed a sharp contraction in the UK aviation sector in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. According to the report, a total of 406,060 international flights operated from the UK this year. This is compared with 1.4 million in 2019 before the travel was restricted by the spreading of the virus. This represents a 71% decline. UK domestic flights also fell by nearly 60% according to Sirium. 
budget airline Ryanair remains the largest airline in the UK with more than 100,000 UK flights in 2021. Low-cost rival EasyJet followed closely behind with more than 82,000 flights in total. Do you love renting a car? Well, I do. And let me tell you why. Anytime I rent a car with National Rent-A-Car, I always have a great experience. Whether it's the ability for me to pick the car I want, and trust me, my needs always change depending on the city I'm at, depending on what I'm doing, who I'm traveling with, or how I feel that specific day. But beyond that, it's about the people. The people at National Car are one of the nicest and most customer service oriented people you'll ever meet. I have never met one that I did not love. And I know that love is a strong word, but that's how I feel. They're courteous, they're kind, they're always willing to take care of you. You can always ask them questions. I mean, that's the entire experience. When you rent a car with National, you're not just renting a car, you are buying the whole company. That's how I feel, and you will too. Be sure to sign up with Emerald Club at nationalcar.com. And now in news relating to the return to travel. Sun Country Airlines canceled many of its domestic flights Monday morning, saying that a third-party system outage is affecting all of its operations. The airline didn't offer many details of the outage, but says staff had to manually clear flights for takeoff with the FAA. Sun Country reported a similar outage in July, and it took hours to restore service. The airline says it is waiving change fees for flights throughout the week. JetBlue Airways is reducing its schedule through January 13th by about 1,280 flights due to the surge in crew members falling sick from the variant. Airlines have been canceling hundreds of flights every day in the U.S. since Christmas Day as they grapple with staff shortages. We expect that the number of COVID cases in the Northeast, where most of our crew is based, to continue to surge for the next week or two, according to JetBlue's spokesperson. This means that there is a high likelihood of additional cancellations until case counts start to come down. Indonesia has lifted a ban on the Boeing 737 MAX, its transport ministry said on Tuesday, three years after the crash of one of its aircraft operated by domestic airline Lion Air with the loss of all 189 people on board. Aviation authorities around the world grounded the aircraft months later after a similar deadly accident in March 2019 involving one of the aircraft operated by Ethiopian Airlines. The approval of the aircraft's return in Indonesia comes months after it returned to service in the U.S. and Europe and follows recent liftings of ground orders in countries including Australia, Japan, India, Malaysia, Singapore, and Ethiopia. The lifting of the ban was effective immediately, and it follows the evaluation of changes to the aircraft system by regulators, the ministry said in a statement. Airlines must follow airworthiness directives and inspect their planes before they can fly the 737 MAX again, it added, saying that the government will also inspect the planes. Privately owned Lion Air, which operated 10 of the 737 MAX planes before the ban, did not immediately respond to a request for comments. As millions of travel plans have had to be cancelled, consumers have had the problem of trying to secure refunds through online travel agencies, also known as OTAs. Those who made a reservation through a third-party website, including OTAs like Expedia or Priceline, are finding just how difficult it can be to get their cash back. This is evident in the upswing in consumers lodging formal complaints with USDOT. 
OTAs, including Expedia, Chupo Air, Just Fly, received 14,604 complaints from January to December 2020. Of those, 94% were about obtaining refunds for unused or lost tickets, fare adjustments, or bankruptcies. Expedia, which received the most complaints in December 2020, was the subject of a class action lawsuit for refusing refunds for flights canceled over the coronavirus outbreak last year. The data was published in last month's Air Travel Consumer Report, which contains information about the number of complaints. Overall, the DOT received 102,000 complaints against airlines, travel agencies, and tour operators last year, compared with 15,000 in 2019, an increase of more than 500%. With that, thank you for joining us, and I would like to ask you to tune in again next week on Monday morning to get your weekly update. We hope you will make this a regular part of your week and listen in while you're on the move or sitting back and sipping your coffee. You can subscribe to this Business Travel Podcast by searching Business Travel 360 on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeart, Pandora, or Spotify. Be sure to share this podcast with everyone you know so that they may also benefit from getting to know more about what's up in business travel. You can always find more information on businesstravel360.com. Have a great day and travel well.